Hey fellow NDE fans, we have some exciting things coming up on the other side, but we could really use your help and support to keep going with this channel. Our outreach team works around the clock, making sure to bring you the best NDE stories that we can find. But now we're looking to expand into other countries to get near-death experiences from around the globe. However, we need your help and support to make this happen. This is why we're introducing our YouTube membership program. Get access to exclusive ad-free episodes that haven't been on YouTube. Watch and participate in live Q&As with the guests. Engage directly with us and NDEers. Participate in giveaways and live events. And most importantly, you will ensure our channel's continuous efforts to seek out and uncover these important experiences worldwide. Support us by hitting the Join Now button below. Thank you for your continued viewership and support. Your help will make a difference, and we look forward to building our community together with you. Hi, my name is Dr. Annie Palmer. I'm a chiropractor. I graduated in 1983, and that was in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. And I'm originally from Olympia, Washington, and the area. And I've lived in certain areas throughout the states. One of the places that I worked at was in Kansas City, Missouri, with Dr. Barbara Noel. At one point in her practice, she had wondered if she should go to someplace else to practice like in California. So I we went to an intuitive and I thought, well, yeah, that'd be cool. I'll go too. And when the intuitive came to me, she said that I will be getting into involved in a very bad accident and not to worry because I will be returning, but I have to get off earth to go to a class that I had been looking for and there's no place on earth. So I had that in my mind that it would be something that would be happening in chiropractic college. And so anyway, she also told me not to ride my motorcycle. And I thought, really? I'm not going to get a motorcycle. That won't work. So no problem there. But indeed, I did get one because they're cheap on gas, cheap on insurance and stuff. And, and so around the time of my fourth quarter chiropractic college, I was staying with uh, my boyfriend at the time, and I told him I needed to borrow his car. And he asked why, and I told him why, and he didn't believe me. And I finally did drive his car, and that's when the accident happened. I was going down Springfield Road in Spartanburg, and Sherman College will be coming up on my right-hand side, and there was a curve where Sherman is nestled in the right-hand side, and this lady was weaving in and out of my lane and her lane. And I thought that she'd correct it, but she didn't. And at the last minute, I see she slumped over her steering wheel. So I'm really getting concerned over her welfare. What's wrong with her? And I don't remember the crash, but I know it was really loud. She smashed into my car on the driver's side. And so I was pinned in between the door and the transmission. When that happened, rise above the accident and I don't remember the crash I just remember rising above the accident and looking around and I see the school and there's a student that's running out to try to help the problem the accident and the first thought I said my god I can't die yet I'm, I still have to finish my finals and it was finals week so at that moment I see Archangel Michael and he comes up he said Ann Lee there's a school you need to go to first don't worry, you will come back and continue your education here. He said, well, I go by Annie. Nobody pronounced Ann Lee correctly. He said, well, we know of the problem, but we know you're by your given name, Ann Lee. He wrapped his arms around me, and we ascended 
it's real difficult to say because there's no reference points of going here and there. It was a materializing shift. We shifted into a, some people call it a tunnel, but it's more of an energetic transitional shift focused frequency. Archangel Michael said that I would be really happy to be with the individual that I will be with, so no problem. And I was then transitioned or transported into my flames arms. And boy, that was far different than Archangel Michael's, whose radiating love was profound. I mean, it was just, I had never felt anything like that or remembered anything like that on earth. When I was in with my twin flame, that was absolutely fantastic energy patterns were shifting back and forth with just love and only love and I see how much he loves me it was just a beautiful beautiful interaction and then we had to go to school oh shoot I don't want to leave you he knew that of course and anyway I I kind of got shoved out on the first step of this beautiful uh, college or university in Nirvana which is a Nirvana is another name for heaven so I'm on this beautiful front porch. The door must be like 20, 30 feet tall, really thick too, but I could open it almost with my thought. So I walk into this beautiful foyer on, and there are four pillars, two beginning and then two further down the walkway filled with lapis lucy crystal, this type of crystal, also embedded with gold. It was beautiful. The energy inside that university was profound. It was supporting. Everybody was supported. No matter what you wanted to do, it was no problem. What class you wanted to take was all unconditional. It's up to us what our free will wanted to follow up with. And this lady walks up, beautiful lady. She asked me what kind of class I wanted to take. I said, I don't know. You're going to have to help me because I'm really not sure what what I should do. And she recommended one class and I went in and said, no, that's not it. And I came out and I saw her talking with somebody else. And the other person directed me to where I needed to go, which was uh, talking to talk, talking to a class that was given by Archangel Raziel on geometric shapes and quantum physics. And there were just a handful of people in the class. It was like a classroom. People were sitting down in chairs and desk chairs and, and a couple of people went through person was taking notes and other people were just absorbing the information and I didn't have anything to take notes so I just absorbed the information. And then it got to a point where we were using the quantum physics to help assist us in moving beyond the challenges. And my first thought was, well, that's really good stuff, but why not just go right to source? Because if we place emphasis in on something outside of us that is placing emphasis away from our creative energy. And um, when I was thinking that Mother Mary walked in and she asked me how I thought about it. I said, yeah, this is good stuff, but just get right to source. So she motioned for me to come out of the class and she asked me if I wanted to go back or if I wanted to stay here or wanted to go back to earth. And I said, well, yeah, I want to stay here. This is pretty cool. But then she showed me my kids. And she said, there will be some challenges with your marriage, but these are your kids, these are your children that you agreed to go down to earth and to uh, live your life with. So at that moment, I said, okay, I'll go back. So she 
me into an, a room where there was a, a chair. And the chair was up on a few steps. And all I had to do is just sit in this chair because at that moment, my physical body was dying. I had fractured my left hip. And then the acetabulum, which is where your femur head meets your hip, is called the acetabulum. So all three of my hip bones, the acetabulum, and about eight or nine ribs were fractured on my left side. And I was also in a 10-day coma. My body was failing. When I sat in the chair, and I can't recall exact details, but I do recall it was just benevolent. It was full of sources of healing light like a universe of unconditional health and unconditional healing. So that was what I felt. I don't know how long I was there. When I came to, uh, Mother Mary was in again, and she, we walked down this hall, and this one room was had real strange energy, and I asked about it, and so we went in. And that was where all the Kashic records are held. And the Kashic records, for my interpretation, I saw it like an old-fashioned library card catalog with the tabs where you pull out the tabs and there's the catalog. We went to this one record, one file, and we got permission from the person who owned the file to pull out the file and see what it was like. We pulled it out and there were holographic images stories of her lifetimes were in this image and one particular was in place and I don't remember exactly what happened I just remember the holographic images of the people there so then we closed that file up and went into another room and this other room had some monitors and on the monitors we were talking about how we can transition what is in our holographic records through accessing light only which means we can't have any access to third dimension thoughts or the limitations or the shadow thoughts or triggers or whatever it is that we have that initiates our continual petrol lifetime after lifetime of trying to fix our karma, which led to being on uh, looking at one of the monitors where there was a whole bunch of people in this field, I don't know, about a dozen or so, and they had all cleared their karmas. Everybody was joyous. They were happy. You could see the energy. You could see the particles and the quarks in the atmosphere, just full of love, full of life. And this one person was down on the ground and he was gazing into his hands or crystal, I don't know what it was that he was gazing into, but he was filling up with light. And he had a challenge with another person who was in that field as well. They kept reincarnating, trying to fix their karma, trying to fix their problem. One lifetime, one would kill one, and the lifetime, the other one would kill them. And it was just a disaster, one thing after another. Well, this one guy, he finally healed all of his realization of why they were there, what the problem was, and how to get rid of it, which is only accessing light. So that's what he did. He accessed only light, and he saw his partner in crime and went up and shook hands. And instantly, when they shook hands, their joint karma was instantly healed because they both understood why they kept going back and forth and why they were there to heal their problem. The next introduction with more of the healing was talking about neurophysiology. 
Mary was telling me that I would be, when I returned to Earth, most important class I would take in college would be neurophysiology. And I really love studying the cells and the physiology, what happens with the brain and the and the body in general. So I told her that was one of my favorite classes. And she said, yeah, I knew. And then what it involves is how we think. And that goes back to the basics of how our neuron synapse, our neurons or our nerve fibers have dendrites that give information into the cell body. Within the cell body, there's quarks and particles as well, which have an influence over magnetic, magnetic properties. So when the cell body gets stimulated enough for the axon to fire, the axon starts to fire, but first with a negative and positive flip that goes along the axon. Before synapse, the axon is negative on the inside and positive on the outside. When the initial phase of thinking starts, that's when the magnetic frequency flips. So it'll go all the way down to the end plate where there will be a neurotransmitter and there will be a number of neurotransmitters that will line up at the end plate of the axon. And with that neurotransmitter, one will only go across instead of all of them all at once. So the one neurotransmitter will go across and the synapse will happen an electrical charge or the neurotransmitter will stimulate the target cell. When the target cell goes on, it'll do its what it's thing, whatever it needs to do. But if we go back and think about the very first phase of our thinking process, which is our creative process, is with magnetic thinking, magnetic positive and negative. So basically, we went on to further to disclose if we balance our cognitive or a thinking process with our magnetic thinking, we can then adapt to our transitioning by magnetically thinking without the cognitive thought. Now, when we talk about a cognitive thought, it's just not my thought or your thought or one person's thought. Because of the magnetic frequency that's already in place with the quarks and particles inside the axon, inside all of our bodies, inside every single cell that holds everything in place by the magnetic frequency, we also attract frequency and the magnetic thought thinking of other people as well, which means their dramas, shadow thoughts and everything all at once can filter in. But we do have an ability to minimize what is happening all at once or else we kind of get blown away all the time and nobody would be able to function. So we do have an inborn ability to filter out the uh, massive amount of input. But when we use magnetic thought, that does not include the cognitive thinking. It's just simply magnetic, positive and negative. So with that said, when we go to repel out or change our thought or shift our thinking, we're using a magnetic thought. And if we get two magnets and practice magnetic thinking, there's the repelling where you can't put them together at all. They won't work. But then there's the attracting. And this is what our neurons already know about because that's how they think. So if we start to apply magnetic thinking that will start to generate our ability to 
think that way. Now we must remember too, the cognitive thinking is not really involved. It's more of a feeling nature. So it's kind of difficult to structure this in a format where there's text, where there is text where you understand and you realize things by reading. This is beyond reading, beyond words. So just keep practicing with magnets and that'll help start to generate an individual to working with our feminine nature of thinking. And when you're through with your magnets, you can feel your hands. They're kind of magnetic. They don't want to touch as easily. And this is also relates to Reiki healing as well, because we use Reiki healing and also magnetic healing. Being a chiropractor, we studied philosophy and the individual D.D. Palmer was the first individual who uncovered chiropractic before chiropractic though, before adjusting the spine, he was working with magnets, which is essentially what we're doing here. By addressing magnetic thinking, then we're able to transition and apply magnetic thought with our process of healing. Now, with that said too, there were a number of other classes that I went to as well. One of the other classes that I went to was I went to a room and there were two men and they were dressed in white. It was like white robes that were just, they were gorgeous. And it was more of a, it wasn't cloth clothes. It was more like a light clothes. And there was a long table with a number of books. And one of the books was opened up and one of the gentlemen invited me to stand on to his right. And he motioned for me to lean into the book. So I leaned into the book and absorbed all the information all at once. And that information filters through. It's again, not the cognitive portion where there is a linear format. It's all at once. This will be transitioning into your life and applying for different codes that you will be accessing on earth. So that was that class. And basically there was a, just those that I mentioned were the ones that really stood out. A lot of the stuff, like he, like the gentleman was saying, is transitioning through to me on Earth. So it's not all at once. It's taken over a number of years. And just recently, I have accessed one of the codes that applies reaching into our Kashic records and clearing out our chakras. Initially, before this code happened, I was shown that when we clear our chakras in a manner of like a circulating throughout our chakras in a clockwise motion, that'll help clear it out because of the magnetic frequency within our hands and also our chakra level, it adapts to that. Transitioning into the latest tool, which happened just recently, I had a friend of mine, she wanted me to go by JC for her initials. She had a problem with her knee and it had been going on for a very, very long time, a number of weeks, maybe actually over closer to a year or a year and a half. And her knee was really troubled. And so we went down the street from me is a beautiful view of the Columbia River. And there's some, they're old growth, but not old growth. They're very long, wide poplar trees. And that has a beautiful energy within it in itself. 
peaceful energy of the trees and the Columbia River gives is substantially healing. So we went there and I instantly, with this too, the twin flame that I mentioned on in my transition, he told me that he will be with me when I step out. And with that said, I have seen him in an astral or an etheric body for the last uh, three years or so. And we've been attracting our light. He'll fill up with his light, which is effortless. And then I'll fill up with my light. And then I will reach in with my thought, my awareness, and pull his particle light out to me. And him the same with me. He'll pull my particle light out to him as well. So what we did previous to this healing was he was above me. I was laying on my back and he was above me. And we put our fingers together. And the fingers together were generating beautiful, abundant light. And it generated light so that there was a ball of light. And it was like a real thick glass. If you, could, you could see through it. It was beautiful and it was sturdy too. And so what I did with my friend JC, oh, excuse me, before that, I've been having some trouble with my throat chakra. So he suggested to put that over my throat chakra. And I saw some holographic images of my past of my dad not wanting me to speak and not being heard, which was affecting my thyroid. So anyway, I put that over there and I saw a holographic image. And the filing cabinet that we pulled out in Nirvana was there. Like I was saying, with my father was in the holographic image. And I healed it because it was so long ago that he died, like 30 years ago. I healed it effortlessly. I put him in light and I swished him out of my chakra and out of the filing cabinet and then just replaced that image with only light. So my friend JC comes along and we're at the river edge and we talked about that. And I asked her, do you want me to help heal your knee? She said, yes, yes. First off, I put my hands and my twin flame was there. He put his fingers together and I waited until I felt clarity of the balls. So then I put my hands down and I can feel that energy now. It almost feels like there's huge magnets that are between my both hands because of the energy with my twin flames light. So I put my hands between her knee and I asked her, do I have your permission to pull out your Akashic record? And she said, yes. I looked into it and I said, you fall off a horse. And a number of lifetimes ago, she fell off a horse and hurt her left knee. And then that was what was healed. And then after we got through, we stayed a little bit longer and chatted a bit. We got through, we sat in her car. She said, Annie, look at my knee. I can bend it. Said, Whoa, and I don't have any pain. Whoa, that's really cool, JC. And then a couple of days later, I asked her how her knee was. And she said, I don't have any pain. It's completely gone. So that's the latest tool. But to get to that phase, though, we have to totally release as much as we can. Release as much of the Akashic records that is possible or the shadow thoughts and the, the problems that hold us back. Like if you're driving down the road and there's somebody that cuts you off, what's our first response? That's a trigger. If it's not life-threatening, we can move past that because it's a trigger. It's triggering our reflex to respond to that. 
So when we go down into ourselves for meditation or, or if there's something that comes up that you get triggered with, recognize that as objective as you can get to all of these thoughts that trigger a response is essential so we can become objective. A lot of people like to say, well, it's because I created it, I should cherish it and because it came from me. Well, if you want to move into a different density that does have nothing to do with all of this stuff that we keep holding on to, if you don't want to go there, then keep holding on to it. To put anybody else's process in a certain perspective, they, what you do is what you do and I have no, I am fully, fully into respecting your free will. With this process though, the quicker we can get objective to what we had created because that has the strings attached that keep us in third density, the quicker we will be able to evolve into greater expressions in life. So that said, my friend was holding on to this for a number of lifetimes. That was that kept generating her response to what was going on with her knee. There was a lot of problems that caused it, which was not her fault. It was somebody else's initiating her fault in reply to her trying to get something else taken care of as far as her health goes, which influenced her knee. And then her ankle too. She fractured her tibia and fibula uh, down close to her ankle. So she was upset about that, and I don't blame her. But the emphasis is when people keep holding onto the problem in the fact that they did have a physical problem, that'll hold it. That'll hold it in your Akashic Records. That's in your records to heal. And recently, like yesterday, I ran into a lady who was still holding on to problems that happened with her husband that she had been married to for 30 some years. And she kept holding on to the problems just as if it happened yesterday. And I asked her, how long was this going on? She said, four years. I thought, oh, you need to stop thinking what you're thinking. And I told her about the YWCA in, in Vancouver, really good at helping people move beyond their challenges. And I hope that she does it, but it's up to her. She had been holding on to that for four years and it was energy. I could see her energy. It was so dense. It was almost as if it happened yesterday. With the amount of time that I have been generating the information and applying the tools, I have gotten to a point where I can feel people's energy. I can see this lady's energy that was so intense. So I stay away from that. I don't want to get in touch with that. I can also occasionally hear somebody's thoughts which is kind of not intruding on their free will, but they'll tell me it's their free will to tell me their thoughts or else I wouldn't hear it. And I also have been able to see entities who have been out of the body. Last year, a friend of mine passed away in October. And before that, I was at her house and I said, your next adventure is going to be really awesome, Dixie. You're going to be going into a place where you don't have any more physical hang-ups. Your legs, which were from a car accident, she had to wear braces for 20 years. That'll be gone. And you'll be able to move effortlessly. You'll feel the love that is so profound. Every single cell will be supported. The love that you've been looking for on Earth is 
prevalent. I mean, is there, it's abundant and the support is abundant as well. And she was kind of excited. She said, yeah, I kind of thought about you. And she patted a book that was referencing what it's like to be in Nirvana. So I said, okay, Dixie, when you do pass out of your body, when you do leave, come up to me because I'll be able to see you. And I was in my room, I think it was late morning, I was walking in my room and she comes up and she goes, thank you, Annie. Thank you for being my friend. He said, oh, you're welcome, Dixie. So at that moment, she had passed. It was a Thursday, I think it was. And then we talked about some of the challenges that we both had because we had a few. And I said, well, we were both playing scripts for each other, which is what we, before we incarnate, we play scripts for one another to portray something for them to be able to pass on their karma, which references back to those two men who could not pass on their karma. They kept going after it one after another, they lifetime after lifetime until they both healed. And Dixie is in a beautiful house She's created a house in Nirvana, and we had a celebration of life for her and a couple other people with a group that we had belonged at her house, and that was really cool. We invited her too, and I knew she would show up. There's another gentleman there who also is intuitive, and he recognized my twin flame. He also recognized Dixie was there too, and Dixie had something that she wanted to share with a number of people, and so she gave everybody like a celebration of life. Thank you for being in my life. And this is my recognition for you. One gentleman was worked on her car all the time and she was so confident and so safe in her car because of his work and a few other things, a few other people she recognized. It was really cool. And then when my son was in the eighth grade, we had a field trip and I was the, one of the chaperones, went over to Fort Stevens on the Oregon coast and that was where they had a fort where they were protecting Oregon coast because the Columbia River is right at that entrance and if the Japanese would be to go down that river Portland and Vancouver would be goners I mean it was really strategically placed for them to protect us and so before we walked into the fort when the one of the uh, people there that was uh, she was helping us with the tour. She said, now be sure, be sure, you guys, everybody has to leave at once because at five o'clock we lock the doors. And if you're locked inside, you're going to be visited because there are ghosts that are still here. And it was like a three bus loads of kids. And a couple of the girls were screaming, oh no, there are ghosts here. Oh no, this is terrible. And so we walked in. And we went to this one area where there was a pit where the gun that it had to ricochet down. So they had a pit for the, ricoch the, the cannon to ricochet back down and go back up. Anyway, while we were there, somebody tapped me on my right shoulder and he said, you can hear me, can't you? And I said, yeah. He goes, I want you to tell everybody that we are so pleased that they are here to see what we did for our states, for the United States, because we protected everybody. Everybody here would lay their life down if there was a problem we needed to protect. At that moment, I saw about 15 or so people lining the walls and they were laughing at the kids that were crying and, and, and screaming because they would lay their life down for them to be here and they were not laughing at them. They were laughing with them because it was so silly that they would be screaming at 
these people who would be protecting their lives. And that's what they gave their life for, was to protect it. And so I wasn't able to say that at the when we were there at the group. And I told them that I will tell everybody that I can on the bus. And so I did. And everybody was really eared. You know, they were really listening really loud, really long for that. The message that he brought across was we're still here. We're friends with the Japanese now and there's no really problem. So why don't you, instead of visualizing bombs going out, put a bunch of balls of light and visualize the balls of light going out and then embracing anybody who is receptive to the light. You thought that was a good idea. So we left and there was another girl. This was a few years ago now. Um, I went over to one of the areas close by. It was the Washougal River. And there was a camera guy from the local TV was there. And I asked him what happened. He said, there must be something wrong. And there was a helicopter, which is not uncommon, that was flying over around our town. And I asked him what happened. And he said there was a girl that went down in a inner tube and she hasn't come back yet. So they're concerned. And at that time, I said, okay. And I kind of put my awareness out. I said, if you're here, I can talk to you. And then I see this girl, she was a teenager, coming down the river, and she said, I want you to tell everybody I'm fine. I, there's no problem. And I said, well, I think you're out of your body. She said, why, how can you tell? I said, well, well, you're walking on the water. And then I told her that there'll be some angels that are help her move into her next phase because she's out of her body. And at that moment, I see two young girls her age talking with her. And I see she was saddened at that moment because she realized that she was out of her body. And then I don't know what happened after that. When we work with being able to access this different form of communication, this is what we'll run into. We'll be able to see entities with my twin flame. He's with me now. He's on my left side. He's always with me. And sometimes if I'm diverted one way or another, I don't see him, but then I'll call him and he'll come rushing to me as quickly as possible. And I don't want to go any further with my twin flame because that is, is still incognito. And when the events for everybody to be more clear of what has been holding them back, which is a lot of deception that has gone around the world for hundreds of years, a couple thousand years actually. There's a lot of change that will be happening, that will be taking place, that is going on right now, and it's behind the scenes until everybody can get adapted to what actually is happening. Uh, it'll be slowly introduced. It won't be all at once because that will generate a more of a, a fear-generated what has been going on in my life all these years. Why have I been fooled? But it's easy because they've been in control of everything. As far as the media goes, the finances and everything, we hear the banks that are closing because the Federal Reserve put up too high of a uh, income tax, or not income tax, but a tax on housing. So there's a lot of homeless and that's going to be exposed on what the problem has been and a lot of people are starving and that is going to be changing but we're going to be changing into that slowly so it won't be such a dramatic shift that kind of wraps everything up not everything there's an awful lot of my story that continues and i've been working on a book 
I have been working on the very last chapter, which is about my twin flame connection and accessing the light more so, but mostly is very important for everybody to filter through our trigger thoughts and access only light. And we do that by attracting light and repelling out light. With that said too, I forgot to mention, there's a tool that we can use that'll help us when we use a whiteboard and you can put down what happened. And this is common, everybody knows about this. You can write it all down, different colors, get as graphic as you can, get to a point where you're starting to repel that stuff down on the whiteboard and keep wiping it off and repelling all the thoughts down until you start to feel a movement of the energy of your transition of your problems into the whiteboard and wiping it off. And pretty soon after you start to wipe it off, you're getting that into the whiteboard and you wipe it off. And pretty soon you feel it being wiped off from your etheric realm as well, from your body. It'll get wiped off because of you're putting that emphasis in your attention and in on the whiteboard that everything's there and nothing else matters. And then attract light. And I have crystals that I like to use. One of my crystals, her name is Nancy. She's a galactic crystal. She's huge. And what I do is I lean over her and I use her for um, stabilizing, and then I attract light. God is in everything. Oh, consciousness is everywhere present. Where is consciousness not? Where is God not? God is everywhere. With that said, God is within even, even the crystals as energy and can purchase your own crystals. Whatever you feel gravitates towards you and then just attract the light. When you attract the light, refuse, totally refuse to pay any attention to the distracting lower densities, the lower vibrations that we're leaving because we're leaving this density and moving into a refined density that knows only love. So I think that would be the closing thoughts to focus in on. And I don't have my website up yet, which has been going on for a number of years, but I don't know when I'll come up. But you can reach me on Facebook, Annie Isaacson Palmer, or my email address, 1981nde at gmail.com, or nwannie at comcast.net. Either one of those, and then put in the subject line, NDE interest, so I don't think that's a spam. But I think that's about it, and just follow your guidance. Follow what is being gravitated towards you when you are so super clear, nothing else matters. You know light is our answer. And by gravitating towards light, we repel out what's the easiest first, the most insignificant stuff you can. Repel that out and then gravitate with light. More you trust light by seeing the results, the easier the light will come. With that said, I had one last item that I just recalled. I was doing one day a job where the person from the office called and told me that I needed to cash all three of my checks at their bank, which meant I would be charged $10 each check because I was not a member of that bank. 
And they said they were transit, they were moving banks. They said, okay, usually that's not a real problem because you leave enough in the bank before that. Nobody told me what was going on. Long story real short, I put all the light into as I uh, sat with my crystals for like two hours. I put all the light into everything, the both offices, the cars, the people, everything. And then I just held it into the banks, both banks, my bank and their bank, because I had already cashed my checks. And then I just held that on that cognitive, excuse me, on the magnetic frequency level. And I was aware that that was there. And then a couple of days later, I find out that they were declaring bankruptcy. And that was why I needed to cash the checks. And all my checks, though, had cleared. I felt it clearing and I felt the shift. So when we put our magnetic frequency thought into any situation, it's still there, but we don't have any cognitive thought in it. And we can feel the shift. We can feel the release or the, the answer to our problem. So I think that wraps everything up. And if you want to get a hold of me, contact me through my email or on Facebook.